is a Furnished Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talking Buds podcast. The Talking Buds podcast. About the buds, by the buds, for the buds. This is the Talking Buds podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. You know, Rye, in actuality, we've only been off for a couple weeks. And it feels like a year, though. feels like I haven't talked, we haven't got on the pod and talked Leafs in forever. So much has happened. Yeah, it honestly feels like two years. I know it's a new year, but, dude, since the, like, go back and listen to the last episode. Like, <laughs> It literally feels like two seasons ago when we last discussed this hockey team on this podcast. And I don't even know I don't even know where the where to begin. Like you're gonna have to guide me through this episode because there is so much to cover. There's the current games, there's the past games, there's the performances. I, I'm lost. I don't even know well, where to start. Let's start with the fact that it's a new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And for that, let's open a PBR, the working man's beer, the beer of choice for me for this podcast, PBR, baby. At what point, um, when is it like, when are we done saying happy new year? Like at what point? Like, like, it's over. By the time most people listen to this, it'll be um, July or July, January 9th. Like, so are we, are we already like. It's over. I don't know. I think it's like situational. Like, like if you're like if you're if you're bumping into someone and they wish you happy new year, are you thinking like, eh? Oh well, I, I work construction and I I was working at a customer's house before the holidays, and then you had the holidays, and then when I saw them for the first time on Monday, they said happy new year, and I wasn't offended by it. No, I thought it was no. appropriate. Well, Monday, yeah. I think you got until about middle of the month. I think maybe the first time you see someone, if you kind of recently saw them, like bef- like if you saw someone for the first time in a couple of years, I don't think you're throwing the happy new year on them. But no. if it's just like you, t- you took a break for the holidays and then you see someone, I think the happy, happy new, new year. year is appropriate. Yeah, I agree. So where to begin? It's so typical that... We take a couple weeks off. The longest break we've taken since we've started talking buds, and the Leafs go on their biggest heater of the season. Oh. It's just so typical. Yeah, of course. And I was like, maybe we should just take the whole season off. I want to start with Sheldon Keefe. That's where I want to start this conversation. Because guy sets a record. First Leaf coach ever to win 15 of his first 20 games. The team looks like a completely different hockey team. He shakes up the lines and does something that I personally never... How many times in 
on this podcast over the last two years. And bear with me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I am battling just an awful cold. So. I, yeah, I'm right here with you, man. Yeah. Honestly, it is yeah. garbage. Yeah, I'm I'm dying. So yeah. apologies for my uh, nasally voice or if I trip over my words tonight. I'm, I'm a little out of it. So how many times have we talked line combos on this show? It never once occurred to me to put Nylander and Tavares together. Rob, I'm glad you brought that up because what I have been saying to people who are asking me my opinion on these line changes is like when Mike Babcock was the coach of this hockey team, I didn't even know that John Tavares and William Nylander lived on the same planet yep. or played on the same hockey team. Yep. And you put them together and give it the game against the Jets. That just happened. I thought Nylander was awful, and that line was terrible. But aside from that, they've been phenomenal in this stretch where they got points 10 games straight. And it's just like, who would have thought you could actually put players together on a line that are on the same hockey team, and it's allowed? Is he not making... And I, I do not want to turn this into a Babcock conversation, but I, I've I've thought this... A bunch of times over the last couple weeks. Is he not making Babcock look like the biggest idiot that's ever existed? It's hard not to bring him up. Yeah, like, I don't want to say, like, it's not even about, like, oh, well, he's set in his ways. No, he's an idiot. Like, he's an idiot. Yeah, like, dude, I I agree. Like, it's hard not to kind of throw his name in the mud and kind of bring up all the conversations. But at this point, it's like, you look at the run they go on and... All the things that keeps doing differently, and it's like the this guy was clearly, coaching. yeah, yeah, this guy's clearly was like just out of his mind. Like, yeah. what was he doing? I don't know what he was doing. Like, doing either. Just set the roster in stone, and that was it. Yeah. Well, he's just, he's just an idiot. <laughs> he is. He is just an idiot. I want to talk to him right now. What is he doing? He's, he's, he's in seclusion. No, he's in seclusion in somewhere in Saskatchewan, yeah. waiting to reappear sometime in the off season to apply for a job. But right now, he's got to lay low because bully coaches in hockey are under fire everywhere right now. So if I'm his agent, I'm saying, you know what, Mike? Maybe don't apply for the Nashville job. Let them give that to John Hines. You just lay low and yeah, let everyone that, forget that's about an the fact he's in hire for sure. Yeah. Let everyone forget about the fact that you bullied Mitch Marner and let's just move on with our lives. Yeah. As should we on this podcast. Yes. As should we. So what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about like guys on the roster? Do you want to talk about my highlights over the break? I have one particular game over the break that I wanted to um, discuss, but let's talk about players first. Yeah. I think, I think before you start here, it's just, for all the people who haven't enjoyed this run that they've been on with us, I think we should just go and kind of reminisce with our listeners and get pumped about what just happened over the two weeks that we were gone. Well, there was the epic day 8-6 game against the Carolina Hurricanes, one of the most epic hockey games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was phenomenal. There was... The first victory, and then they had wins against the Devils and then Minnesota, but then the 
Uh, there was the game last week against Winnipeg, the 6-3 win that I thought was fantastic. Yep. Then there was, in what in my opinion, was their most impressive performance of the season this past Saturday night against the New York Islanders. That, to me, was when I... I Because they got on this heater, right? And in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, they're beating these teams... They're going to get in the playoffs, and at some point, they're going to have to play one of these better teams. They're going to have to play a Boston, a New York, uh, Tampa, um, Washington. Like, if you're going to get to the Cup, you're going to have to go through those teams. And the performance with Michael Hutchinson in the net that the Leafs put on on Saturday night against the New York Islanders, to me, just their their 200-foot game, the limiting chances in the defensive zone, which is huge to me, the depth scoring, like the Kapanen to Engvall goal, everyone's favorite Toronto Maple Leaf, Pierre Engvall. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's the front runner for favorite Leaf at the moment. Oh, yeah. Mr. Legend. But, he, but Ryan, Sheldon Keefe got a sh- shutout out of Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, which is shocking. A couple dubs out of Michael Hutchison. Yes, yes. And that's exactly what well, that was one of our one of your New Year's resolutions. Yes, that was one of my New Year's resolutions. Get the backup they, goalie going, but they got to get it figured out. Yeah, and and for this run, like you look at the schedule, and they they really kicked it off when they beat St. Louis, and then they go and beat Vancouver, and then they they had that one game against Calgary, and then after that, like they beat Edmonton, that was a great game, and like you look at the teams they play after that. They're not great teams. They're not playoff teams. But again, it's like when you're a good team in this league and you're expected to make the playoffs, you got to beat teams like that. That's exactly what they did. And it wasn't always pretty. Some of them were pretty. Some of them weren't. And you got wins out of your backup. And Freddie, for the most part, has let in a lot of goals lately. And that's okay with me. I'm not criticizing him for that. But it's, it's finding a way to win that... They figured out like since Kiva showed up, which is such yep. a big thing. Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but tonight against the Jets, like that game doesn't go into overtime a month ago. You know? Well, I, yeah, I want to. Well, I, I want to talk about the uh, the Oilers game the other night before we talk about tonight's game. So <laughs> they play the Oilers. So let me tell you what happened to me. So on Monday, I get up, I go to work, I'm feeling normal. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay, right? And then, like, when I start to, like, afternoon, coming home from work, it just hits me, and I got the chills, and I got the fever going, and, like, so I'm, like, I'm laying in bed watching the game, and I'm, I'm like, not making it, man. So, so I turned it off, and I put it on the radio. I listened to the game on the radio. Joe Bowen is a national treasure. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Like, oh boy, absolutely fantastic! Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Like, I didn't see the the McDavid goal, but I heard Joe Bowen call it, and it was it was something else. What about Morgan Riley getting absolutely turnstiled yeah, by walked. the greatest hockey player on earth? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, walked, man. Yeah, that was did. tough to watch. I yeah, felt bad yeah. for him. And it's tough, too, because it's like that's the one guy you do not want to be in that situation with. And you are going to be on the highlight reel getting walked 
Quick hot take though, that I don't think that goal is as legendary as people are making it out to be. I think the hype around it is like it's a new goal and it's by McDavid in Toronto, which gets everyone fired up for some reason. Doesn't get me fired up. I don't really care, but I, I don't really see how that goal is one of the greatest goals ever scored. Yeah, Riley got walked, but I've seen McDavid score that goal a million times. Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, the the game the other night against Edmonton was just a burn-the-tape game. They've been on such a good run lately, they didn't play well, so burn the tape, move on. And tonight, they came out and they played a run-and-gun Toronto Maple Leafs-style hockey game against the Winnipeg Jets and ended up losing 4-3 in a shootout. They battled back to get the extra point. Ryan, where do you want to start with this game? I think the only place to start is with the all-world performance, as I said on Instagram, by Austin Matthews. Yes, and hear me right here. Everyone texting me saying, oh, Austin Matthews this, Austin Matthews that, calling us out for chirping him earlier in the season, which to me, that's in the past. We call it like we see it when we record this Whoa, podcast. Hold on, hang on, hang on. Anyone who's chirping me or us for calling him out, go back and actually listen to what I said. I said that if this team is going to be successful, he needs to play like that. He wasn't playing like that. And And in this last little while, I just saw Brian Hayes on Twitter said that Matthews is Dougie 93 levels. Like, yes, that's what he has to be. That's what I said. Guess what? He gets paid to do that. That's what drives me crazy about this. It's like, yes. Tonight, everyone's like, oh, he's unbelievable. I don't know how you could chirp him. It's like, tonight, he played. And lately, he's been playing like an $11.6 million hockey player. Yes. This is what I expect out of him yes. every night. Yes. He could score a goal every yes. game. Yes. Like, I know that's unrealistic, but like, he's that damn good. And we well, know he's that damn good. So when he isn't that damn good, we get pissed off and, and frustrated point- and we call him out. To your point earlier, and this is why I never get on Nylander, because like we're talking about how Nylander's on, uh, um, he's on a nice little run there when they put him with Tavares, and then tonight you're like, yeah, well he's invisible tonight, and it's like, yeah, he he was invisible tonight, but like I'm I'm not as hard on Nylander when he disappears because he doesn't make eleven point six million like Austin Matthews does. I don't expect. William Nylander to be a top five player in this league. I expect Austin Matthews to be a top five player in this league. And you saw tonight what happens when he plays like a top five player in this league. The first, the Leafs first line didn't have it tonight. They didn't have it. And he carried them back. He was a force every single shift. He was every time he's out there, he's making plays. He's all over the ice. He's his 200 foot game is there. When the puck is on a stick and the, offensive zone something's always happening like he was this their best is player what he's paid to be yeah he was their best player by a mile man like it wasn't yes. even close i actually thought the rest of the team had a pretty mediocre game aside from travis dermott who i thought was phenomenal tonight he got a promotion of ahead of the game yeah he looked great man he's physical he's got the speed but man austin matthews was their best player tonight by a mile and he has been their best player for this stretch since Keefe has showed up and it's it's refreshing and we usually we compare him to Connor McDavid and we saw Connor McDavid the other night he, Austin Matthews is never going to be Connor McDavid he doesn't have the speed 
and he can't dominate possession like Connor McDavid does. But you know what Austin Matthews does when he's on his game and he's actually playing like the way he should and the way he gets paid? He scores a ton of goals and he has so many chances, shots on shots, and you can just see the confidence with him with the puck, like through the legs like that. It's like, it, it, you know, like guys who do stuff like that during a game are guys who think they're unreal and they are unreal and they have, and they're brimming with confidence. Like he, he, the amount of chances he had tonight was, was unreal. And, and like, thank God Key finally put Marner with Matthews. Like, like, like give it a shot. Like that was forbidden for, for three yeah, years. And, and you quit and they quit. And like every time they didn't do something, it's like they were almost nervous to get on the ice together. Yep. Because they were so afraid to make a mistake because they knew once they made a mistake, what was going to happen? They were going to be off that line and not playing with each other anymore. Yep. And it's like, why not put your most dynamic passer with your most dynamic scorer? And the reason why people take this team so seriously is because on the other line, you have John Tavares, who's also a highly paid hockey player, who's highly respected, who is highly skilled. And can carry a line. And when he actually shows up, which finally he has been missing for a year and a half, William Nylander could score too when he actually shows up. So that's that's why I'm so happy those guys are just like they're playing together and it's a line. It's a line now. It's not an experiment. It's something that we expect every night until Sheldon decides to change it. And when he does change it, I'm sure it's for a good reason. And he's not afraid to load them up, too. That's what I love. Yeah, and, like, during the game, like, you'll see, like, he'll just throw out random combinations. And it, whether it's Nylander, Tavares, and Marner, or Tavares, Matthews, and Marner, like, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever he feels like doing it, he's going to do it. Even though tonight, when those three guys were on the ice, they got hemmed in every shift. But, the, like, I, I just, yeah. you know what? Like, you can just see how much fun they are having on the ice. Like, the other night against Edmonton, they just didn't have it that night. They still got a ton of goals, though. And then tonight, it's like you can you can just see. Like, there's such a difference in the way this team is playing. And the streak they went on, to me, it's like they look like a fast team again. And it's not just the top six guys, too. It's the bottom six guys. Like, we were texting during the game. And we were talking about all the Marlies that have been called up. And it's just, it's well, phenomenal. They've been great. Well, yeah, we kind of brushed over this when we were talking about um, the two weeks that we took off. It's like, but they got some significant injuries right now. They have Janssen, who's on the IR. They've got Moore, who's on the IR. They've got Mikheyev, who got, it's like, Yeah, which, by the way, scary I'm so injury. upset about that. Wow. Dude, that's a scary injury. Scary injury to my yeah. favorite Toronto Maple yeah. Leaf. Wrist laceration. Yeah. And then, and then they've got Jake Muzzin, who's on, he's, Muzzin's the only one who's not on, IR. He's day to day. So you mentioned um, Dermot earlier. He got promoted up to the top four tonight with Hull, which was great because I think Travis. I love the physicality. Does is it just me or is like is he playing with a little more of an edge? This oh, hundred percent. Dermot when he's on the ice, he's not afraid to lay the body. Man, I love it. The only he's thing, playing. The only negative about <laughs> the promotion of Dermot is. Marinson and Cece. And yeah, but that, 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 that's, that's temporary. A that's a problem for me. To me, it's like all those injuries, all those guys you just named, like I don't even notice that they're gone. 
Except oh, my no. boy, Ilya Mikheyev, which, by the way, that broke my heart because yeah. that guy is a hockey player, and I love him. So that really upset me. But, like, well, who is th- sitting at home thinking about Andreas Janssen right now? No one. Nobody. No one. No one. Yeah. Like, that's that Kerfoot is now up the lineup playing the wing with Tavares and Nylander. And then the Marley call-ups that you alluded to earlier are good guy Pierre Engvall. Oh, legend. Adam Brooks. Love Adam Brooks. And Dimitro Timoshov. Yeah, he's been up in the lineup. Marchment made an appearance too. Yes, yep. Freddie yep. the Goat's been scoring some nice goals. Yep. Freddie the Goat's been uh Freddie the Goat's been I mean, I could still go without the goat, I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I mean, yeah, but yeah, I just I can only get so excited about Freddie the Goat. Yeah, I could go without the goat. But I've been I've liked Brooks a lot and Kapanen's making some plays, like Dude, like they, they've, they've, they're really impressing me with the depth scoring and all these guys who Keith has had so much success with in the AHL, winning a Calder Cup and always having a good team down there. And it's like, you know how you win when you're up against the salary cap? You have guys like Pierre Engvall and yeah. Adam Brooks yeah. and. Yeah. God bless his heart, even though he's injured. Ilya Mikheyev, even though yep. he was a signing. Like, that's how you win in this league when you're up against the cap. Yep. And just seeing tonight, like, Timoshoff come up with a big goal set up by Brooks. It's like, nice. Yep. Nice. Oh, like, yeah. thank you. It's not yep. Nick Shore and Goat out there trying to plug up 45 seconds. He was playing for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. And thank if Bab God. Was still, if Babs was still behind the bench, he'd be a third-line center. And thank God for that. And you yeah. know what else I love at all this, like unrelated to the bottom six, is Zach Hyman is back on back a line with, with, with Austin, Austin Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, and you know what he, people are saying about it? Nothing. Yeah, I know. Absolutely I know. nothing. I know. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was the biggest cause for concern. Oh yeah, two, Austin Matthews. He can't succeed with with Zach Hyman on his line. No. And now he's already got 31 goals. Phenomenal. So we said earlier, actually before we move on to the them in the standings, I want to talk about Freddie Anderson because Hasn't been great lately. And I think this is going to be a big topic of conversation in um, the media. Because they don't play again until Sunday. So we got a few days off here. So I think that he's going to be the main topic of discussion. Because he got the hook the other night. By the way, I loved that. Like, I loved that they were just asleep at the wheel the other night. And leaving Fred out to dry. So Keith pulls him. And then he says to the team, I'm not going to leave Fred in there to play behind this. That's fantastic. Yeah, and they're on a big streak too. And guess what? Yeah. Doesn't care. Still does it anyways. Yeah, I know. I love. Yeah, Ryan. I have no problem with it either. I love him. I love him. I am the president. Anoint me the president of the Sheldon Key Fan Club. Yeah, I'm honestly. chairman of the board. Yeah, it Guy's is like a dude, legend. You know what? I, you know what else I love too is like you watch the pre games or post games with them, and you think about the leave coaches that came before him. You got Paul Maurice, who is like brimming with personality, even though he doesn't try to. (laughs) Ron Wilson, Randy Carlisle, Mike Babcock. You forgot? You forgot, Ryan? No, no, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. It does not. The the give you know what meter does not count. Ryan, I'm sorry. In my world, Peter Horachuk 
is in that list of no. legendary Leaf coaches. And then you watch Keefe's like post game pressers, and it's like this guy is not in the same mold as those ego maniacs. Yes, yes, yes. Like yeah. l- comp- literally, like side by side. I wish I wish we could do this for our listeners right now. Like l- look a look at a Babcock post compared to a Keefe post. Like it is just. Yeah. completely on another planet like yeah oh my goodness it's fantastic but that's but to your point it's it's all about the ego it's just the fact that he's not afraid to mix things up in the middle of the game he doesn't care about yeah. like it like his way or the highway like i just i it it boggles the mind to look back on what we were dealing with in the first couple months of this season yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give my quick thought on Freddie right now though. Yeah, yeah. Freddie, if you're a fan of this hockey team and have been a fan since Freddie's been here, and you've watched the games, you know by now, or you should know by now, because I know by now, what type of goalie Freddie Anderson is in the regular season. Yeah, he's a Vesna Trophy candidate for months at a time, and yep. for those other months, he's prone to the softy. He lets yeah. in a lot of goals, and his team also gives up a lot of shots. So you got to expect a streaky season from the guy, but you know he's going to be in that 9-15 to 9-20 range, and he's going to get you to the playoffs. Like that, that You should know that by now. And to me, Freddie Anderson and he's, to he's me coin, is bulletproof. He's a coin flip in the, in the playoffs. It, well, that I'm getting to that. And yep. for me, Freddie Anderson's bulletproof in the regular season. I will always defend him through softies, through bad games, because I know what type of goaltender he is. The one thing, as you just mentioned about Freddie Anderson, that I want to see is I need to see that big game and game, big save in game seven. Yeah. Like that, that to me, that's the only question mark about, about Fred Anderson. Other than that, regular season, Fred Anderson, I, I know what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting a great goalie who like, dude, like they showed the stat before the game. I texted you about it. Yes, yes. Since 2016, Freddie Anderson has seen 7,200 shots. The guy in second place was the goalie he was opposite to tonight, Connor Hellebuck. His second was 6,700. That's 500 extra shots. You know what? I, I, you see that stat, though? And it's I'm nuts. like, that's, that's about right. That's crazy, that's, man. That's, that's Five, about right. He's faced... 500 more pucks that's in that time span like that I, is insanity i believe it, I believe it. the way the team's res- played defense over the years i i believe it i respect freddie anderson like when i see something like that it's like man like it's tough to do your job when you have to do it more and more than all your other competition all the other vesna trophy winners great goalies in this league and you gotta work way harder than they do like that man, he to me. I'm saying right now on this podcast, I will never chirp Freddie Anderson until I get in a playoff round. Yeah. Regular season Freddie, I know what he is, and I'm totally okay with. You're just who gonna he have is. to. You're just gonna have to get through the ebbs and flows of his season. Like you're just gonna have to accept that there's chunks of the schedule where he's not himself, and he clearly is a guy who's in his head a little bit, and. 
when he's in a good place mentally. You can see it in his body language. He's a really transparent guy. Like you can tell the second the game starts and the way he's moving in his crease and the way he's tracking the puck, like what frame of mind he's in. And if he's not in the right frame of mind, he's a lot more skittish. He doesn't swallow pucks up like tonight. Like he's giving up lots of rebounds. He's not catching them from the point. They're like going through his glove. Like it's really, he's very transparent like that. Yeah, I totally see that. I totally see that. Even so, though tonight in overtime, that oh, was oh, phenomenal. Even, oh my god! Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. That the overtime tonight was outstanding. Like, I I don't want to be like jump on the bandwagon guy because everyone says this, but like ten minutes of, of yeah. three on three, dude. Everyone's needed. on the bandwagon. Yeah, it's like, not it, like I'm totally okay with hopping on this bandwagon anytime because yeah, that's the way it should be. Three man. on three is what is actually required. A hundred percent. Yeah, because that was amazing yeah it was that was some of the most entertaining hockey i've ever seen in my life they were done by the end of it yeah they were they were so tired but guess what i could have saw another five of that so them going on their heater in the month of december has skyrocketed skyrocketed them up the atlantic division standings they are currently tied with the lightning at 54 points for second in the division the bruins lead the division at 61 points ryan if the playoffs started tomorrow the leafs would be going on the road to tampa based on the other teams in their division they'd have to go on a bit of a skid to fall out of a playoff spot so even doing things like coming back and getting the one point tonight is big because they would have fallen behind tampa so I said this to you earlier. To me, we're kind of in the same spot that we were in last year where I think it's imperative. I I don't know that they're going to catch Boston. That that should be your goal and what you should be um, striving towards. But to me, the two seed is where you're shooting for. And you, you got to get home ice. Like, we can't go on the road again to start the postseason. Like, whether it's Tampa in the first round, Boston, whoever gotta be at home gotta get that two seed yeah I, I i have so many thoughts on the standings conversation like first of all a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about playoff spot not guaranteed like to get back in that playoff spot good teams go on heaters and that's exactly what they did <laughs> and i gotta give them all the credit in the world because that little nine game 10 game run they had like got them right back in the conversation and right now right here i am guaranteeing a toronto maple leaf top three spot in that division look at that because it, you well just look done. at the rest of the standing it's like you know what they're 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 too good like they're they're they're, they're better than florida they're, 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 yep. the habs are done the, the sabers are done like yep. yep now it's you gotta fight for that home ice and Man, like they don't think that's so stupid. Is you look at the standings, you look at the wins, the Bruins overtime losses, like getting yeah, know, them that far ahead in the standings. Like I that's know, just I that's know. stupid, man. Like that's ridiculous. I know. Like come on. Like for those who don't know the, I, I for those it, who don't but, know or don't have it in front of them, the Bruins have eleven overtime losses currently. Yeah, and it's it's like come like. I get it. Like you, you get you, you give a team a point for going to overtime, but it's a little frustrating when 
the Leafs, when we thought they were having such a horrible year, you look at the standings and you're like, oh, the Leafs and the Bruins have the same amount of wins. Yeah. And then you look at the point differential and you're like, there's six points ahead. And it's just like OT losses. Like, uh, like tonight, I was stoked that the Leafs got the extra point. Like tonight, selfishly, I was happy that that was a rule. But when you look at the Bruins and how far ahead they are, it's like, this is this is a little stupid. Like, it's hard to get the concept of what teams' true records are when they're like 24, 6, and 11. It's like, nah, you're, you're 24 and 17. Yeah. Like, you're you're not, like, what is that? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's stupid, but it, it the, I would way rather face Tampa in the first round than Boston. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I know we're too. getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I just guaranteed a playoff spot. So I'm going to start talking about it. So you're just going to, you're just going to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that, but I think, I think you got to battle to get the home ice. I just think it's so important. I think it's something they, they haven't had. And let's just let's just get off on the right foot in the postseason, have the two games at home. And it's just important. I don't know what else to say. I just think it's that to me that it's it's imperative that they do that. Boy, look at us, eh? Like Oh, we've come a long just way. Talking playoffs now. New talking year, home new ice. Us, buddy. New year, new us, new leafs, new attitude. This is the positive leaf show from now on. Sitting here talking home ice. Ice. Yeah, I know. I know. Go back to like go back to two episodes ago. I'm probably ranting about how they're not gonna make the playoffs. Uh, can I tell I you? Sound like I'm an idiot. Can I tell you? I'm I'm rattled. That people were saying, don't chirp Matthews. Because it's like, bro, I wasn't chirping Matthews. I was saying, we need Matthews. Yeah, you went out on him pretty hard that one episode. But what I was saying was, we need him to be at a heart trophy level if this team is going to go where we all want it to go. That was my point. You think the and fact look that him and Bieber are so tight now that that he's stepping up? Bieber's trying to become Bieber's correct. Trying, Bieber's trying to become the the Drake of the Leafs. Yeah, no, that's not happening. He's trying to become the uh, global ambassador. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that, that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah, they're well, playing maybe, maybe your the theory's arena. correct. He got he maybe he was trying so hard to be buddies with Bieber. That it finally worked, and now he can focus on his 200-foot <laughs> game and scoring goals and leading the league in in goals. Maybe that's, that's not, what it that was. wasn't my theory. That's not my theory. That's your theory. Yeah, my I theory is Bieber's just trying to be the Drake of the Leafs. That's my theory. Yeah. All kidding aside, though, like. 31 Genos, like uh, I know, I know, I know. Looking all, pretty good yeah, at this ready. point, bud. All right. And like tonight, that 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 shot to tie up the game, the one timer. If that guy adds a one timer to yeah, his I arsenal, that was that was that was the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League. That was filthy. The goal yeah. descended into overtime. That's all filthy. he. That's all he's missing. He's got, to me. He's got maybe not the hardest wrist shot in the league, but the best wrist shot in the league. Yeah. And no. 
And if you add a one-timer to that, like, good night, see you later, 40 a year, every year, if you play all 82, which is also underrated the fact that he's actually been healthy all this year, which is something Knock on that, Ryan, knock on wood right now, buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. It's a little early, but yeah. so far, so good. Let's say yeah. that. Yeah, knock on wood right now. Yeah. All right. Let's do our first Bum and Beauty of 2020. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. Ryan, have you given any thought at all to this? Or are you just going to shoot from the hip? It's a tough one. Yeah. I've been, I, I, I'm, I'm shooting me, from the hip me, a little bit on this one. To me, there's two candidates. Yep. Yeah, there, there's, there's two candidates. I'm just going to go with with Sheldon Keefe as, no, as my my beauty of the week. Or okay. beauty of the time we've been off beauty beauty of the of the holiday break yeah yeah like it's it's hard to go with anyone else all uh, there's been a bunch of guys who've stepped up but at the end of the day it's it's one guy they're my 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 new year's resolution was their special teams to get better and they have the number one power play in the nhl since he took over right and i still think it needs some work but like there's one thing Switching up the lines. There's another thing. Yeah. Just bringing Freeman, an overall different energy to the hockey team. There's another Freeman thing. said tonight that since Keefe has taken over, they had they've had the number one power play in the league. Yeah. Like that's it's been it's been phenomenal. And I still think it needs a little bit of work, as I just said, but like it's it's just all the difference. Like, it just looks like a different team. Like, it, it's not even... Like, I'm bringing it back to me just being selfish on a Wednesday night sitting down to watch a Leaf game. It's... A couple months ago, it was it was bad, man. Like, it was not... Yeah, yeah it wasn't... It, I was not stoked to watch some of these games. not an enjoyable experience. No. And, and, and then they go on this run, and now it's like, okay... Get that little Kawhi Leonard Raptors magic, India, which what Keith has injected into this hockey team. And it's it's now I'm pumped to watch the games. And now yep. I'm excited. And now I'm yep. invested in every play. And I'm watching all these new players. And I'm focusing on Mason Marchment and what Austin Matthews is doing and Pierre Gagayan Engvall. And yep. it's and it's just like it's it's you could I could go through example through example, but at the end of the day, it's just the overall magic this guy's brought to this hockey team and just his temperament, his personality, um, his new style, him being young. Like, I would love playing for him. Like, that. It, it, like I always said, I would hate playing for Bob Babcock and I would love playing for Keith now, seeing what he's done because he knows what he's doing. He's fresh. Ryan, you don't have to sell me. I said earlier, I'm, I'm the chairman of the board sheldon Keefe fan club yeah and it's god just seems like the biggest beauty yeah and like it seems like he gets kind of pissed when he has to get pissed too like he's not just some walkover supply teacher that's the key the key is like knowing when you got to turn into bad cop like i said i loved his explanation for pulling fred the other night i loved it could he have put him back in the third period sure but I loved 
how he was like, he just calls the team out. It's like, I'm not going to put him back there behind this crap. I love that. Yeah, and bad cop always works better when you're fresh and nobody really knows you and you're not too familiar. Like, that's when bad cop works the best. But when you finally, like, you come in, you like, you kind of get used to everyone. But when it's time to be bad cop early in your tenure, like, you better make it count yep. and worth it and set a tone for these guys when they play awful and when they avoid all defensive responsibility, which this team is the goad at. Yep. Like, you better set a precedent of how you're going to respond. And so far, it seems like he's done that. So, Sheldon Keefe, beauty of the new year. I'm I'm going with it for my beauty of the new year, Ryan. My selection is good guy Pierre Engvall. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because this guy has given the Leafs some forward depth to the point that if Kyle Dubas wants to look at potentially moving a Kapanen or a Janssen at the deadline to bolster the blue line, which I still think they need to do if they want to go deep in the playoffs, Engvall has made that possible because he's shown that he's ready to play right here, right now at this level. And... Yes, he plays really well in his third line role, and that's the type of guy he is. But just like you said it earlier, and I couldn't agree more, the way teams like the Leafs have success is finding guys like Pierre Engvall and having them play well. And he, the the dude, I notice him every night. I notice him every single night. Huge fan of the guy. My beauty of the new year so far. Solely for the reason that He's allowed Dubas the ability to make a move now, in my opinion, at the deadline. Is good guy Pierre Engvall. Love it. Love it. Just just, a, just an awkward hockey player. Like You just watch him skate but like do things. But, like, guy makes unreal plays all yes. the time. Effective. Like, never makes a bonehead move ever. Nope. Love him. All right, the okay. bum's going to be tough. Yeah, the bum is going to be tough. See, I'm going to kind of contradict myself here. Hold on. I think we need to do... Hold on. Before we move on to bum, I think we both need to do a special honorary beauty shout-out to Hutch because you and I defended Hutch in the beginning, and then we kind of fell off because it was hard to defend him there for a bit. I, I was genuinely happy for the guy to see him get a shutout on Saturday night and a big game too. Yeah. Like it's not like he went in there and shut out the Red Wings. Like I I was genuinely happy for the guy. Yeah, not every backup goalie's a legend. One thing your backup goalie needs is confidence. Mm-hmm. And just trying to find the best situation. It's like throwing him in against that game against the Islanders, it was a complete gamble by Sheldon Keefe. But guess what? It worked out and when it works out, you look like a beauty. It look you look great. All right, on to the bum bum of the new year. <laughs> All right, bum of the new year. This is tough because they've been on such tough. a good run. Yeah, this is tough. And I'm gonna kind of contradict myself here, considering my beauty of the week was Sheldon Keefe, but my bum of the new year 
was his idea <laughs> to put Justin Hall and Marty Marinson <laughs> as on, the on. shutdown pair <laughs> against <laughs> Connor McDavid. <laughs> what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. Like he I tried. know you can. He's in a tough spot, man. I man, know you. You yeah. can bottle up enough magic, like yeah. Like I, he's he's had a lot of magic here, and a lot of the things he's put together has worked, and they did look good for a game or two. I'll give you that. But when you're going up against the greatest skater in the history of the game, like leave Marty Marinson on the bench when that guy's on the ice. Yeah. Like come on, like that was a brutal move. And like before the game, they're hyping it up, and it's like. Let's see how Marinson and Hall do against McDavid. And it's like, I don't need to see it. I already know it. They're going to get dummied. And that's exactly what happened. So that little dream shutdown pair that lasted a couple games is over. And that is my bum of the new year. I'm going to stay on the defensive side with you for my bum of the new year. And I'm going to change it to bums of the new year. And it is the um, defense pairing of Morgan Riley and Tyson Berry. We can start with Morgan Riley getting absolutely owned by Connor McDavid. And then the next day, all of a sudden revealing that he has all these injuries that he's dealing with. And it's like, well, Morgan, I, I don't doubt that you're injured, but you're playing like 25 minutes a night every night. So you're not that hurt. So yeah. And Tyson Berry, because I just find the guy to be largely ineffective. And unless something drastically turns around, I've said this for weeks, I'll drive the guy to the airport at the end of the season. Like, thanks. (laughs) Like, like, thanks. Thanks for your year of service. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun elsewhere, bud. Like it's just not a fit here. Yeah. But did you not think that was I, I a little? Hate we- did you not think that was a little weird with Morgan Riley? Like he just comes out today and is like, "I've been dealing with a ton of injuries all season long, and I had a procedure." Yeah, after he got walked. Yeah, yeah, I know. After I know. he got embarrassed. I know. After I he know. got embarrassed. I know. And it's I, like and Aaron Rodgers like- when he starts throwing the ball horribly. He starts. He guys got a gimped knee. Yep. Like, I, it's just like, uh, come on, man. It's like, dude, the, the Leafs are like one of the most advanced teams in the league when it comes to sports science. If you were really that hurt, you would not be playing upwards of 25 minutes a game. Just yeah, saying. I, I hate, I hate getting on Riley, man. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm biased towards players that I like. And I'm hard on players I dislike. I love Morgan Riley. So I will do everything I can to defend Morgan Riley. I do not like William Nylander. So yeah. it's hard for me to find things to say nice about William Nylander. Yeah. So the fact that Riley, like he's been your bum a lot this he year. Hasn't had a good it, year it, man. It, it, honestly, it's been I fair. I love him too. No, it's been fair, man. Like I, I love I can't... him too. I, Ryan, at the beginning of the year when we were having the whole who the cap who's the captain gonna be discussion, he was my pick. Yeah, like it, it made sense, and dude, he had seventy points last year. Yeah, he hasn't had a good goals. year. He's not had a good year. No, he hasn't been great, and it and it pains me. But I, I can't disagree with that. It's 
Barry's Barry. Barry is just a faster gardener. Yeah. That's what Barry is. He's just a faster skater. Well, at least Gardner chipped in offensively. And that's that, that's what's crazy too. Barry's like a 50-point defenseman. Can't put the puck in the ocean. The last guy no, I want to take had a point some shot. Of, he's just had some sort of mental block since coming here. It just hasn't worked out. Yeah, I, I just like we talked we've talked about it before. Like, would you, you talked about good guy, Pierre Engvall and my guy, Ilya Mikheyev. And you got more and you got Marchman, you got Brooks and you got Janssen. You have, you have a stack full of wingers. And to me, there is one guy on this hockey team who is worth a half decent defenseman who can fill in good minutes for your team and it's Casper Cabinet. Well, don't forget too, and I I should say while I'm sitting here talking about like alluding to making a deal for a defenseman, there's all kinds of discussion now that they're gonna bring Sandin up again, who had like an unreal world juniors. That I'd be down for. Yes. See I would do the I would do the I would do the thing where it's like every year in the playoffs there is a hockey team, it could be any hockey team, who brings up a guy like that on their team and they have an unreal playoff. Like that, I would bring him up around then. Like, I don't know if I'd bring him up right now, you know? And and yeah. I wouldn't be too upset if they didn't bring him up at all because I'm all about keeping the, the, the contracts at three years entry level. Or I'm down for not burning a year. But it's... I, I'd be down to move somebody for to replace that CC. Yes. Spot. Yes. Because yes. Justin Hall has moved ahead of him. Yes. And with Muzzin back in the lineup, you're kind of looking at CC being like, you're the sixth guy. Yeah. You're serviceable. You're, you can play. You're okay. I'd take CC over Marinson any day of the week. Yeah. For sure. Because Marinson yep. looks uncoordinated out there. Yep. But I'd be down to move a, a winger piece for another guy who could fill in that role, even though I do not think Kyle Dubas is going to do that. No, but well, we have to wait and see. Just for fun conversation. Anyway, they don't uh, they don't play again until the no Saturday night game this week. They're Sunday night against the Florida Panthers. I'm in trouble for that game, Ryan, because that game is going on at the very same time that my Green Bay Packers are hosting the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field in a divisional playoff game. So That's I'm going to be one. I'm going to be having the two TVs going for that one. Uh but I'm all know, pack, I'm going to be honest. I I I'm I'm hoping for it, bud. Ever I'm since hoping. my Tommy got ditched, I I'm all pack. I was going to ask you about that before we uh before we shut her down here. So you're uh, it's well documented that you are a New England Patriots fan. And I'm sure some of you are saying nice and some of you are throwing up wherever yes. you listen to this podcast. So what do you think is going to happen next year, Ryan? I think we can all agree the problem with the, the Patriots this year was just no like one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. No real talent at the wide receiver position. The Not worst that, running game in football. Yeah, yes, yes. Awful uh, running game. Non-existent. I, was it Brady's best year? No. Not, not by no. any stretch, but do do I think he's 
done? No, I also don't think so. I think he's got one to two years left in him, but he needs, it's at the point now where like you can't just surround him with bums and make him do something. So what do you think happens with Tom Brady? I have absolutely zero idea if this guy is going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots next year. The only thing that's making me believe he's going to come back is, like, who the hell is going to replace him? Like, there's a lot of free agents out there, but it's like, what, their backup right now, Stidham. Like, no, no, yeah. not good enough. The, the backup for Tom Brady's in San Francisco right now, and he, yeah. he's, he's not there anymore. So it's like, pay the big dough, come back for a year or two, big deal. Like, who cares? But our our Belichick and Brady's ego that big like that they need to separate to prove each other I think that's a media driven narrative but I don't know man I hope he's back because I've always wanted to prove to people that through tough patriot times I will always be a patriot fan but I'm not gonna lie if Tom Brady goes somewhere else like I'm gonna be a fan of that team too (laughs) yeah like if he's a, a raider next year or a charger or wherever he goes like you damn right I'm cheering for that football team because I love that man honest to god you know what team I think would be a good fit for him and I don't think it's gonna happen but I just I'm just going off the top of my head like where could he go Chicago Bears the Chicago Bears are I still have a top five NFL defense and have some good weapons on offense their problem is Mitchell Trubisky's their quarterback yeah it, it, to me, Brady's gonna go. If Brady's gonna go somewhere, for the record, it, I don't think he's leaving. I don't think he's no. Leaving. It makes more sense for him to come back. But to me, it if he's gonna go anywhere, like that team has to have a chance to do something. He's not gonna go to some garbage yes, team. No, he's not, like no. no, agreed, agreed. If he's going agreed. somewhere, he's going to a team where he can add to his legacy, not tarnish it. Agreed. So. I love Anyways. Tommy, man. Tommy's my favorite. Anyone who knows me, Tommy is my favorite professional athlete yeah. in the history of sports. I love him, man. But he's eliminated now, Ryan, and the Green Bay Packers still remain. Well, we had our time, man. We had our go time. Go Pack, go. I think I think they can win on Sunday, Ryan. I think they can win on Sunday. I'm a little nervous for them, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous for them, too. Dude, it's amazing, though. Like, I, I wear a Patriots toque, like, everywhere during the winter. Yeah. And, like, in malls, in grocery stores, in anywhere. This hat causes more conversation Yeah, than anything I've ever experienced yeah. in my yeah. life. Yeah, they're... they're they're a national brand. And it's either like, nice, nice, man. Like, what do you think? Or it's like, oh, you're a Patriots fan, eh? Yep. Hey, bud. Yep. And it's like, eh. Sorry, probably, bud. Probably a Bills fan or something. Yeah. Yeah, they suck. All right. Well, we're back in our regular schedule now, Ryan. Got a couple, at least get a nice couple days off. So we'll be back here uh, next week sometime. Talk to you then. Thanks for downloading, everybody. Hi, I'm Joel McLeod, co-host of the 905er podcast. The 905 is one of the most diverse and densely populated regions of Canada. Four and a half million of us live, work, and play in the area surrounding Toronto. That's more people in the 905 than actually live in Toronto. Each election, 
the 905 decides who forms our government at both the provincial and federal levels. So why isn't more attention being focused on us here in the 905? We're looking to change that. My co-hosts, Roland Tanner and I, tell the stories that define what we are calling the most important region in Canada. Each week, we bring to your attention news, culture, and issues that make up what it means to be a 905er. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Or you can visit us at 905er.ca to subscribe. Hi, I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundal wherever you get your podcasts.